And so what, what he's saying there is what God says happens. It's true. It's universal. Okay. And then what he's saying is Christ was promised in the Old Testament. Now here's what the law of Moses promised about who Jesus is in the Old Testament. I will have mercy on whom I choose to have mercy. Mm-hmm. What's he saying there? I'm not the law to you. I am mercy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. In this special Ascension Day episode, Adam Curie and I asked Dr. Chris Krogan, how can both of these things be true? How can Jesus stay with us forever and ascend into heaven? Dr. Krogan points us to Psalm 68, where Jesus, in the Hebrew translation, was prophesied to take captivity captive, or he kills death. It may seem like an oxymoron, but as you'll hear Dr. Krogan teach us in this conversation, Jesus ends the law. Christ was promised in the Old Testament. The law of Moses promised that God will have mercy on those whom he chooses. Jesus is that promised mercy. God's name, made known in Jesus, is mercy, not the law. Let's get to it. Here's Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and the forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and, lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to this special episode of Scripture First with Dr. Chris Krogan. We're talking about Ascension Sunday, or as we might find out, it's a little strange to be talking about Ascension if you think about it. Yeah, bonus <laughs> session. Bonus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is uh, sort of strange, especially a couple of weeks ago, uh, Christ gives us his promise at the end of Matthew, lo and behold, uh, I am with you always until the end of the age. Right. And then we hear from Luke, well, are you really? Or what's actually happening? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because uh, we hear that Christ is ascending, and maybe that's the best place to start is... Right. What the heck? Why he's, does he's Jesus with us? leave? What is this? Yeah. What's going on? Right? He promises he's with us always, but... How yet, can these things be this 
True, both of yeah. them. Yeah. How can he be ascending while also being present with us always? Yeah. Well, this is that. That's a really great way because there's a lot of people that are going to ask this question and think through this, and they're going to be actually a little frustrated, perhaps, with Jesus. If you would have just stuck around, life would have been better. But actually, that's not actually what the case is, which is why at the very end of this, the disciples go back and they worship him and they have great joy that he left, right? <laughs> Physically left. And like, that seems weird too. So what's going on there that they're, they're saying, hey, this is great that Jesus ascended into heaven. Mm-hmm. It goes to what we get in Psalm 68, 18. And we're going to do a little bit of... Uh, conversation about what the Apostle Paul understands here of what's going on and how we have heard it, Psalm 68, 18. And the English translation says it this way, you ascended on high. So there's the ascension, right? Leading leading a host of captives in your trade. <laughs> so that's what the English translation is, but it's actually not picking up on a Hebraism. Because if you look at the Hebrew, it doesn't say it's leading a host of captives in your train. It says, taking captivity captive. And what that is, is key, is it's actually undoing what we'd consider to be um, what we'd expect in the law. So th- just think about it. Um, we, we, we have this, when we teach the Reformation, we do this analogy of you take captivity captive or you death, death, or you trash, trash, or you sin against sin, right? And everybody's like, well, how do you do this? Well, you get rid of that which captivates you by capturing it. And so this is what's going on. And what is it that captivates the disciples and the old world? It's called law, sin, death, and the devil. Mm -hmm. And this is what happened then at the cross and resurrection that Jesus is going to lay out here. He says that my job was to take captivity, that which captures you, and capture it so it can no longer capture you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I ended the captivity for you. Mm-hmm. The captivity ended, Jesus <laughs> captured <laughs> the captivity yeah. in himself. Yeah. And, 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 and ended, which is what we call ending the law. Yeah. It, is it actually death no longer is a problem for us because Jesus killed death. Mm-hmm. How? Through the resurrection. He mm-hmm. ended it. He stopped the law by actually dying to it and then having it now have the final word. So this is why they're going to celebrate this. So this is kind of a, uh, I think this is kind of a bigger question, but when we're reading uh, this Luke 24, this Ascension mm-hmm. Day text, are we uh, thinking about Psalm 68 or is that in the back of our mind? As This is this is part of it is what, what does it mean to have Jesus ascend on high? Sure. What does it mean to have Jesus take on and be the... At, what we talk about in the in the creed, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God. Mm-hmm. So what is it to be at the right hand of God? Well, it's not that physically you are at the right hand of God. That's what a lot of people are thinking. Oh, so he's st- literally standing at the right hand of God. God's hand is up there in heaven. No, to be at the right hand of God is to have God's power mm-hmm. fully at your disposal. So this isn't a what we call a metaphysical event or that you've got something because what Jesus is doing with the ascension is he's actually ending our sense of how the world works in the old creation physically. And so he actually is now leaving 
the old way of being, which is in your physical fleshy body, and going up into God's power, which is God speaking and making things happen. So he isn't actually leaving his presence. He's actually, his presence is becoming even more ubiquitous everywhere. And so mm-hmm. this, is, this is actually at the heart of what we talk about with the sacrament. One of the things that happened with um, at the Marburg Colloquy and Zwingli and Luther are talking about this, and they're arguing. And um, Luther says the word is means is because Jesus said so. And um, Zwingli says, well, how can Jesus be in your bread here on earth and at the right hand of God at the same time? That's not understanding that the law ends. And so when you think at the, at the new creation, you won't be thinking of, oh, I've got this physical body that's stationary in the finite here. I've got something going on much bigger. And that's what Jesus does. He removes the idea that God's old creation still has rule over him. Therefore, he's limited in where he can be now. He's not limited in where he can be. He actually gets to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's why he physically goes up into heaven and no longer is physically needing to be present in just this one single body. Mm -hmm. And maybe my question can just be answered by reading the first uh, verse. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Right. So what, what he's saying there is what God says happens. It's true. It's universal. Okay. And then what he's saying is Christ was promised in the old Testament now, here's what the law of Moses promised about who Jesus is in the Old Testament. I will have mercy on whom I choose to have mercy. Mm-hmm. What's he saying there? I'm not the law to you. I am mercy. What does the law say? The law says something can't be at two places at one time. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, I can be everywhere all the time. <laughs> so, so this is like breaking the physics of the world. Yeah. Breaking the old creation. Go ahead. Well, that's, I mean, that's how we open... That was the question to you. It's just like, well, how does Jesus say I'm going to be with you always? But then he leaves. Mm -hmm. But it's just his fleshy body leaving because it died and was resurrected. But now it's no longer stuck in the flesh. The right hand of the Father is not a a physical place that where Jesus is limited to sit at the right hand of of God. Mm -hmm. But it's the right hand is, like you said, right. means he's now everywhere. <laughs> yep. And this was what was promised. I will have mercy. In other words, I'm not going to be identified as a law. I will have mercy on whom I choose to have mercy. Then you have the prophets, which is Jesus as the suffering servant. So what he said happens, and he actually overcomes sin, death, and the devil. And the Psalms continue to say, my name is Hesed, my name is mercy. And so this is what is happening that everything that had been written about Jesus in the Old Testament is my name's mercy, not my name is stuck here in the law. So I took the law, sin and death captive and ended it for you. Mm -hmm. My name is not stuck here in the law. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this is then to the next verse. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. I find that really, really important, but also... um, easy to jump over because he opened their minds. Mm -hmm. They didn't choose to open their minds. Right. Yep. And this is key because the reason their minds get opened is because they start to see Jesus as mercy and forgiveness, not as the law. So why is that different than what was happening before? Well, there's an important phenomenon that if you hear about Jesus forgiving your sin, what can you admit? That you're a sinner. Yeah. 
And so the fact that he comes back and he starts to say, look, my life is now free from the law. They are now no longer wondering, oh, how does this happen? They're Mm -hmm. actually experiencing it here and now. Their minds are open. They're not having to decide about it. They're not having to come to terms with it. It actually is happening to them. Maybe um, we've explained, we've, we've kind of touched this before in the podcast, but maybe you can just define law because we're using this a lot uh, right. in sort of Good. strange ways almost yep. or just kind of yep. abstract ways and maybe you yeah. can open up that up a little bit. Good. So the law, as we talk about it, is that which confines us in the old creation and actually um, is putting limits on who we are by naming sin, by increasing it, okay? The law is us recognizing our finitude. So when you sit there and you realize, oh my gosh, I might die someday, mm-hmm. we consider that the effect of the law. Mm-hmm. When you sit there and say, oh, my child might be harmed by this, that's the effect of the law. Mm-hmm. When you're worried about what the economy is going to happen, that's the effect of the law. These things all capture your conscience. Mm-hmm. So what, what they do, what, the, what those things do is they put you in selfish mode. Yeah. So when you, yeah, good. Say more. <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> no, you you nailed you. something. <laughs> selfish mode. Curious. I don't yes. like <laughs> no, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Shame. <laughs> you shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> no, but the, you're, you're dead on. This is why P- Paul says the law increases sin. Because what it does is it makes you, puts you in self-preservation mode. Yeah. And so that's why you're, this is why you spot on. Yes. It <laughs> this makes is me... why I also retracted myself because I'm in <laughs> exactly. Right. You're like, wait a second, don't call me too much of a sinner. <laughs> Say more. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, but because the law makes you self-analyze and then you start justifying yourself. But that's what all these things do when you feel the weight of, uh-oh, um, I may, might I make it? Um, what's going to happen to my kids. And so you just get very selfish in preserving that which you hold dearest. Mm -hmm. And thus it increases your selfishness. So the Mm -hmm. law doesn't stop selfishness, it increases it. Mm -hmm. And so this is what we mean by law. Mm -hmm. That's that's helpful. Um, And then uh, he said to them, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed is his name in in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Yep. So he sort of summarizes scripture. The whole the whole of the uh, Old Christ, Testament yep. and New Testament somewhere. The story ways. of yeah. Christ. Yeah. So to suffer, that is to say, take on the sin of the world is what he's talking about there. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the, keep in mind, the only reason any of us suffer is because we experience, believe it or not, the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. Suffering is not something just out there that, oh, too bad, bad luck, or just, you know, you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. No, suffering is actually experiencing God's law and attack on sin in your life. (laughs) So when Jesus says he suffered, he's not suffering just um, randomly. He's suffering God. So the Messiah is to suffer and go through the consequence of that which obviously is death, and then be raised out of death so that that law, that wrath is not the final word. So this is what's going on. This is written, the Messiah is to suffer and rise on the dead on the third day. And so what happens with that? 
Well, recognizing that you and me want to use the law, that is to say that which keeps us captive and try to use it for our advantage actually gets undone. How so? It's through repentance. Look, life isn't about you. Kind of like what happened to you, Carrie, for just a second. Oops, sorry. I shouldn't have been selfish. Don't want to name that. That's being repented. You recognize, oh, I am selfish. Mm -hmm. And, but being forgiven of that, which is huge, because then no longer is that which kept you captive, your sin, death, your fear, the devil's questions, no longer is that it. So this is how he's taking captivity captive. And he's removing it from it being your Lord and now forgiveness and his word of mercy is given to you. That's the change there. Mm -hmm. And I just, I mean, skipping ahead a little bit, Yep. <laughs> you're saying that that's that you end on that word of mercy. And he led, then led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. Yeah. And so it's just like you said, you remain in that word of mercy. Well, literally... He exactly. was like, while he's blessing them, that's when he leaves. He doesn't just like stop blessing them and then leave. Like it's like a continuation. While, while he's giving them the very thing he came to give them, which is my identity in God, in the Father, in Christ, is mercy. And he's, he's just revealing that to them. And they, they became witnesses to that. Remember, they're the ones that betrayed him. They're the ones that helped him get through that suffering. And then they don't have, that doesn't have the final word. And so this is actually just a few verses before that. You are witnesses to these things. That is to say, you are witness to me capturing captivity. You are witness to me undoing sin. You are witnessing me to be the end of the law. And then so he sends the spirit, promised spirit so that they can go out and do the very thing that he's now doing. And so then you're right. He's withdrew from them, taken up, and there's the promise mm -hmm. as he does it, which is just a delight to them. They're like mm -hmm. free as anybody can be. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe going more into that, why, why are they, why do they have such great joy? I mean, you have, we have joy when someone says, I'm going to be with you until the end of the age. And right. Then, uh, they have joy when Christ leaves. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. They have, to have joy when Christ leaves means at that point in time, no longer are we um, thinking about how we're going to make it in this world. Mm -hmm. No, we are literally as, as free as you can get. Mm -hmm. um, if, if, the Son of God has given you all power on high. That is to say, he's blessed you with his word and said, I promised this is how you're going to be. You're no longer worried. Will my kid make it? Will I have a job? Will I be worried about what comes around the corner? Mm -hmm. No, you actually get to literally live in this old creation freely now, which is about as great of a thing. You're no longer death or death, where is thy sting is essentially what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And that's what a great place, literally to have peace with God, peace here on earth. And so, of course, they go back and they're praising God and they're blessing God in the temple. They're not thinking of the law or anything like that, which, I, which is the last lines of this, which I really loved. Um, continually in the temple, blessing God. What was the temple for prior to this? <laughs> Sacrifice. Sacrifice that they yeah. had to pay God or they have to pay off for their sin. Mm -hmm. Now they're there to say, ha, we're at the temple and it's not about sacrifice. It literally is saying God's mercy has been delivered. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Chris Krogan for breaking down this Ascension Day text in teaching us that in order for Jesus to be with us forever, 
he had to leave us and ascend into heaven. Remember, ascending to God's right hand is not a metaphysical place. It's delivering God's power so Christ's promise and God's peace can be everywhere at all times. It's a pretty amazing turn of events. In Luther House of Studies podcast, Sing to the Lord, Lars Olson and I break down a hymn's history, lyrical meaning, and the way it preaches the gospel with Zachary Brockhoff. Click on this episode's show notes for a link to Sing to the Lord's podcast feed to catch up on all of the excellent hymns we've discussed. Thanks again for joining us on this special Ascension Day episode. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.